the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is Monday, January the 24th. You are tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit our new historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing all right, which was a little warmer out there, but I think I'm going to say that every day until right. it starts getting about 70 every day, and then I'll say, yeah, I wish it was a little colder outside. Not so silent protest. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm definitely the person that will complain about how hot it is and say, man, I can't wait till winter, and then complain about how cold it is and say, I can't wait until summer. You're one of those. Yeah. Fortunately, those the games that you guys are covering this week are indoors. That's right. Basketball. That's right. we got Shepherd basketball all over the uh, place this week, so we'll be talking about that a little bit later on, but I do want to bring our first guest onto the show because she is uh, one of the busier ladies in the country, I guess you could say at any given time. It's U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. How are you doing this morning, Senator? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thank you. Is it cold where you are? It is. I'm in Charleston, and uh, it is cold. It's clear, though. I'll take cold and clear any day. <laughs> do you do you run when it's cold like this? Sometimes, but when it gets down below, like, 20, no. <laughs> right. Well, you're better than me. I'd say if it gets below 65, then no, I'm not going outside to run. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not running unless something's chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so uh, you've, you've been busy, as Jordan mentioned. Uh, let's talk about, first of all, Top of mind, how worried should we be about Ukraine and uh, the situation there? Well, I am very concerned about this. I was alarmed when I heard over the weekend that the president had uh, had or had issued the State Department had issued uh, warnings to the uh, to the embassy to bring their to bring our families from the embassy home. That's usually an indication of uh, some intelligence that uh, might be. Uh, worrisome for them. Uh, we still have a lot of Americans, obviously, in the Ukraine, which, again, is a worry for us. But it, I feel like Putin is just sticking his finger in our eye, kind of daring us uh, to see how far we're willing to go with NATO to help protect Ukraine. Now, we just did send some fortifications in terms of military weapons and other things that we've been encouraging the president to move forward on. So I'm glad about that. But I, I am concerned about it. I think we all ought to be concerned about it. When the when the president called it a minor encourage, uh, incursion, um, did that telegraph that we that we didn't have Ukraine's back? Well, I think it it, it sent a message, unfortunately, and and you know I think he's trying to say or they are trying to say that he misspoke, and maybe he did, but you know words have meaning, and when he said, you know, it, well, it depends on if it's a minor incursion. What's a minor incursion when you have a hundred thousand troops on the border? Uh, and you've already uh, annexed uh, Crimea uh, several years ago, so we know it's within your DNA, Russia, to uh, to want to grab on to more uh, territory, uh, particularly it was in the former uh, uh, Soviet Union. And so I think the president made a, a pretty critical error there that 
they had degrees of which uh, coming into that country. And honestly, I think it's got to be an all-or-nothing provision before uh, the allies of Ukraine come, uh, step it up. What does this mean for citizens in places like Hong Kong and Taiwan who worry about this kind of thing on the daily? You know, I think that's a really good question because uh, there are, uh, obviously, China has, has been uh, moving on Hong Kong and, and, and is uh, signaling that uh, Taiwan is within there, you know, is, is acting out, uh, so to speak. And uh, we know they're empire building as well. So I think that we have to be strong here. We have to build coalitions, which NATO certainly is one of our strongest coalitions, and we have to prove that. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we send troops into anything, because I don't think the American people would want that or stand for that. But there are other ways, like air fortifications and other things, that we can do to help uh, push back on Putin. We're speaking with U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito now. Uh, it just came around the t- the calendar year for uh, President Biden's first year in office. So I want to hear from your perspective how you think he did. Well, I mean, I think he left a lot of us wondering where the uniter that he pledged himself to be at the inauguration is. I mean, he's gone, you know, he's made several speeches which are very div- divisive in, in terms of the voting rights bill and whether you're, you know, Jefferson Davis or Abraham Lincoln. I mean, these are these are very, um, I think, difficult comparisons and basically calling half the country racist. That's very disappointing to me. Uh, he has had some uh, some good uh, uh, victories in terms of the infrastructure package, which I think is a big victory, and I voted for and worked on it. Uh, I think that, uh, obviously, with uh, inflation uh, rising is a big concern. I think the situation at the border is only getting worse, and I, I work on that a lot because I do the appropriations for Homeland Security, so I see those numbers going up and uh, every month, and, I, and there's no willingness to shut the border down. We have a raging opioid crisis, which I've hardly heard the president make a peep out of. So, I mean, I would give him a below-passing uh, below grade, I mean, into the D-minus area, simply because he's not addressing the issues that are really front and center. And the handling of the pandemic, while I'd hope for more clarity and hope that we would we would be able to, you know, know, should we wear no mask, not wearing a mask, how many boosters, all these kinds of things. These questions are still very, very unclear. So I've been disappointed with what the president has done. And uh, I think a lot of people share my view. You mentioned um, some public sentiment about uh, regarding the, the Voting Rights Act. And uh, we know that about a week ago, uh, the entire uh, GOP branch of the of the Senate, along with uh, Kristen Sinema and your uh, colleague Joe Manchin of West Virginia, uh, effectively blocked uh, President Biden's plans uh, in regard to, to voter rights legislation. And uh, b- instead of just picking that apart, just talk about the, the perception, because I've heard talking heads on more progressive, um, you know, news outlets, basically putting all the GOP senators into one basket saying, you know, they just don't want people to vote. They want to infringe on folks' uh, right to vote and and make it harder. You know, I think that is just a sensational claim. I mean, I think we saw an election in 2022 sensationally incorrect, I would say. Uh, In 2022, we saw a situation where more people voted than ever have before. In West Virginia, that was the case, except for the 1960s election. Uh, it's in all of our best interest to have more people voting than ever before. I think that's that's an engaged electorate and constituency. And I think uh, what we're seeing is a power grab to take over and federalize our elections, which by our Constitution are empowered uh, empower the states 
to be the ones who decide the, the best way for that state to vote. Some states already vote all mail. Some states have ballot harvesting, which I disagree with. Some people have voter ID. Some people don't. You know, West Virginia has a good track record here, and that's because our Secretary of State has has shaped the electoral uh, the electoral process in a way which is accessible and people can can get to vote and feel that they, the votes are counted fairly. That's what we want. Um, I just now ha- am joining a group that is going to be looking at the electoral college count. I think this is where we can we can make some progress bipartisan, and I think it's important that we do. And that's to clean up the process of counting the electoral vote. Uh, as we saw on January sixth, there's still openings for disruption that are, are can be caused there. And is that really what we want? We want a smooth transfer. So I think we're going to be looking at that in a bipartisan way. I'm going to be on a Zoom about that later this afternoon. Is the filibuster going to come up every you know quarter <laughs> as you guys uh, discuss any, you know, any? I hope not. I hope that uh, Senator Schumer realizes that uh, 52 members of the Senate, which is the majority, do not agree with breaking the filibuster. It's a very much a minority rights preservation tool. It forces bipartisanship. It's been in effect for a long, long time. And we can do things with a filibuster in place. So for them to unfairly charge that nothing can get done when we just pass the massive infrastructure package, I think couldn't be further from the truth. I hope that his, the vote was pretty definitive. The members were definitive. Certainly Senator Manchin and Cinema were definitive. I, I hope that uh, Senator Schumer uh, lets that one go. And we're speaking with U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. Let's talk about West Virginia a little bit. Now, I know one of the big tickets and big items for the state is broadband, especially with the state trying to grow and, you know, grow the resources a bit. So where are you at with, uh, you know, trying to get broadband throughout the state a little bit more? Well, I've been very active in the broadband space since, I, since I've been in, uh, in, in the Senate, and, and we've worked a lot on individual cases. We have an opportunity now to really change and get that last broadband uh, into every home and business. And why is that? Because in the infrastructure package, there's $600 billion in there that will uh, go to the states. Uh, and in West Virginia, uh, we have the opportunity, excuse me, it's $60 billion, I'm sorry, I, I got an extra zero in there. And uh, <laughs> It's government you know, money, you know, it happens. <laughs> but for West Virginia, it will be hundreds of millions. And so what I launched last week was a uh, share your stories to, for people to write to me to tell me where where your service is, where it's lacking. Do you not have service? And uh, I, I mean, we've gotten an overwhelming response of over 550 people who have talked about either their service is spotty, it's too expensive, they can't get the uh, the uh, server, the people that are the um, the internet service provider to cooperate, and many of those are in the panhandle. And you think, oh, we're so close to Washington D.C. Certainly, that that uh, availability of internet would be would be right there for us. And in actuality, it is not. Yeah, you think? And so, <laughs> I know, I know. And so, you know, a lot of complaints about Sunlink, a lot of complaints about Frontier. So we're we're going to work on these on a case by case basis. But where I think they really come in handy is the money that is in the infrastructure package is supposed to go to the underserved and unserved areas first. And we're going to help with mapping those out to say, look, here's a house here in Weston that doesn't have it. Here's somebody here over in Doddridge County that doesn't have it. Here's somebody in Morgan County who's having difficulties. Because you need accurate maps in order to know where the money's going to be able to go. So I think uh, with a state effort that I know is very robust, 
and a lot of local communities and counties are working on this. I think this is our opportunity. And so if I could give my website there to share your story, mm-hmm. it's www.capito.senate.gov front slash share your story. And uh, we welcome the stories. You can just get on my, on my website, and uh, there's a link there as well. Is there a, a timeline you can talk about as far as when some of this might get resolved? Because I imagine there are people who would love to move to our beautiful state, avail themselves of all we have to offer. But if if broadband doesn't seem to be dependable and they can't really work from home, it's a non-starter. You're absolutely right. I mean, there are studies out there that show that the value of your house increases by six to 7000 if you have uh, high-speed internet accessibility, but also you're right. The remote worker that we're trying to attract can't come because uh, can't come if they don't have robust service. We've seen this obviously in the education space and also in telehealth and other areas. So um, here's the timing. I think it will be spring, uh, late spring probably, before we see a lot of this money go out because of the issue I talked about in the very beginning, and that's the mapping issue. They are now concluding the precise mapping. They're going to do a different map uh, than we've had before, which has showed people have had service when in actuality they have not. And so we've got to get the the money can't go out until the accurate maps are created. So um, it it will be a little bit, but I think uh, what, what I think the governor and other members of the legislature are doing is they're putting in place stepping stones uh, with the Broadband Council in West Virginia to be able to get this out quickly in West Virginia and have some accountability to it. We've been speaking with U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. Unfortunately, we have to get to our first break of the day, but I want to thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to chat with us here on Panhandle Live this morning. All right. Thanks a lot. You guys enjoy the day and stay warm and well. Yes, you too. You thank too. you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Getting U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. You feel like you see her in the news more than you see the president in the news anymore. Well, yeah, our, our U.S. senators are, you know, they're getting a lot of press time. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So if you missed her and, that. And, uh, and Senator Manchin. That's right. So if you missed any of that conversation with U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito, you can listen back to that a little bit later on today. But stick around after the break. We're talking Shepherd men's and women's basketball here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Icewinner, alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it, for the break, we had U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito on, talking about, well, the Ukraine situation happening, Biden's first year uh, in office, and broadband going throughout the state, which seems like that's going to be happening a little sooner rather than later, which I know a lot of people are definitely going to be excited for. I, I wouldn't suggest holding your breath, though. No, me yes. neither. Me these, neither. These wheels turn slowly. Yeah, but, but at least she gave us some sort of a timeline mm-hmm. to kind of hold them to, you know. I think it would be an interesting uh, experiment involving, you know, if you throw enough money at a problem, does it really fix it? Because a mm. lot of money is being right now thrown at this problem of right. broadband. So presumably it will get better. Well, we need it in the state for sure, mm-hmm. especially if they want to try to keep having all the incentives for people moving out of the big cities yeah. and coming out here. I mean, they're only going to do that if they have internet Can and you imagine good internet. If, if you could do your job remotely for the same amount of pay 
and live in a beautiful state like West Virginia. At like a fraction of what you were probably going to pay mm-hmm. in the big city somewhere. In a holler up on a mountain or whatever, yep. and your broadband worked. Yep. Mm-mm. You know? So we'll see. We'll see. And if you missed any of that conversation, like I said, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today over on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify pages. But on Friday, we had some high school basketball going. It was Berkeley Springs taking on uh, rival Clear Spring. And, you know, I kind of knew that there was a rivalry there already. But I always feel like the rivalries, you can really tell how intense they are when it comes to basketball season. Because everybody's yeah. in that gym, you know, in the, sm- in the small confines of a football game. You know, you got the field separating the fans. Mm-hmm. So that feels a little bit more disconnected but it was a hostile environment uh, in the gym over at Berkeley Springs and unfortunately Clear Spring ended up taking the win by two 42 to 40 uh, with Berkeley Springs last uh, second shot being blocked to Is that uh, a low game. scoring game like they they held each other to kind of uh, for the most part I guess uh, high school it's kind of you never know what this they could either mm-hmm. score 10 points each in the right. game or they could score 90 points a piece in a game but uh, it was a good one and uh, yeah that was over on 92.9 WXDC, and it's pretty much the whole football team that's on the basketball team. And it's funny that actually be able to see their faces for once oh, and gotcha. not, you know, <laughs> with a bunch of pads and everything. And you on. knew their names. Yeah, knew their names. So it was good. Ty Mir Ross had a good game. Gavin Barkley had another great game. Uh, he's a thousand point scorer over at uh, Berkeley Springs. So yeah, unfortunately, it took the loss, though, to rival Clear Spring Blazers 42 to 40. That's frustrating. It is frustrating, especially when your last chance shot gets blocked. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, well, you know, what if type of thing. Right. It's one thing if you shoot it and it bricks off the backboard or off the rim. It's like, okay, well, yeah, we lost. But not if it gets blocked. But yeah. So, but Shepard, though. Shepherd yep. women's and men's basketball. Yep, we got men's and women's basketball happening over at the Butcher Center tonight, starting at 530 with the uh, women's game going up against Mansfield. So Should we're going to have that? Yep, we're going to have both men's and women's the rest of the year, uh, home games at least, both men's and women's the rest of the year over right here on 92.9, or 92.9, that's on our sister, sister station, 92.9 WXDC, where you can find Berkeley Springs basketball, but right here on the Panhandle News Network, at WEPM and WCST is where you can find Shepherd men's and women's basketball. Uh, the rest of the home games this year with the women getting started at 530, so we'll get going around 515, and they're playing Mansfield, and it should be a win for both the men's and the women's, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. But the women lost on Saturday to Kutztown, sixty-three to forty-seven, and the win or the men finally got a win after a little string of tough losses, uh, beating Kutztown sixty-five to sixty-three on Saturday. Do you think Kutztown is now our like number one nemesis? As it definitely University? feels like it, doesn't it? It, it definitely feels it like it should be just because of football. But uh, no, I don't think so. I think Shippensburg is taking that at least for basketball. And it, it seemed like it for football, too, because that uh, Shippensburg uh, home game at Shepherd for football this year was a pretty big game, too. Gotcha. Uh, but the next four games will be at home uh, The today, the 24th, the 26th, the 29th, the 31st, and the 2nd. Well, 31st, and then uh, there's a makeup game in there somewhere they don't have. Uh, in there. So we'll keep you posted right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Stick around. We got more Panhandle Live coming for you here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. 
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And joining us on the line is former longtime Martinsburg, Berkeley County Parks and Recreation Director, Steve Catlett. Steve, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Marsha. Jordan, it's good to be with you. Good to have you. You were on our airwaves for many, many, many years doing the rec report. So this feels like well, uh, old hometown time. It, I miss it greatly. Um, for, I don't know, over 20 years, I think uh, I taped the show every Friday. Uh, that was aired every Saturday morning to talk about our public park system and rec- recreation programs. And, uh, of course, uh, I had many hosts over the years. Uh, but Gilbert Miller, my old uh, mentor, coach, and teacher many years ago and I did it for many many years together and of course uh, in in uh, recent years Hans Fogel when he was there and uh, mm-hmm. I did a few shows with you Marsha over mm-hmm. the years as well so uh, but I always enjoyed that and it was a very important part of um, of my job I felt was uh, making the community aware of what we're doing and what we're trying to do and where we hope hope to go and um, that was a great uh, tool for us to get the word out. I, I, you know, I'd be surprised over the course of the week uh, how many people would say, "Oh, I heard you and Gilbert or you and Hans on the radio." Uh, you know, the other day, I didn't know you did that. You know, it was wonderful, and uh, I miss it. I really do. Well, I can see where it could be pretty important because I feel like with parks and rec, it, things just kind of appear. You know, like a new mm-hmm. equipment's here, or something you know is new here, and you don't you don't realize it unless you're seeing right. it all the time. So uh, to be able to hear it on the radio definitely will be uh, would be entertaining. It was a great media tool for us, and uh, one that we really appreciated. And uh, I, I like to say the relationship with EPM over the years was tremendous, and uh, I always cherish those uh, Saturday morning shows with Kim. So. Well, if you got any free time coming up, we we'll have to get you back on one of these days. Well. I have plenty of free time. I retired at the end of December, so oh well, congrats! I uh, after forty-five years and nine months, I uh, and you know I spent every day of my uh, career going to work each day, thinking um, our major goal was to try to make our community a better place to live, and whether that was through uh, building a new park or, or just putting a new playground in a park or creating a new program or a new league for the community, uh, we worked very hard. We had a really good staff. Uh, we didn't have much of a staff when I started, but over the years, it grew. We developed a staff that worked really hard, and I got way too much credit for um, you know, our accomplishments. Uh, but at the same time in saying that, uh, there's a lot more we need to do. And uh, But I worked with a really good board of directors over the years, uh, really good people that volunteered to be on our board that dedicated years and years uh, and a lot of time. They weren't paid to be on that board, and... Uh, I always said it didn't work for them, work with them, and uh, we had a good relationship. Uh, I felt over the years I developed a really good relationship with uh, federal uh, legislators, our uh, senators, Manchin and Capito. I know personally uh, our state legislators have developed a good rapport with them over the years, and of course at the local level, county, city, and board, school board officials. And it's really important, uh, and that's one of the reasons. I feel I would be a good candidate for county council would be to uh, to be able to work with all the different people involved uh, to make really positive things happen. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because uh, I know I was talking to someone the other day. Uh, you know, you grew up in the area, standout basketball star over at Hedgesville High School, and uh, I'm sure other sports as well that I'm, I'm not all aware of. But um, you pretty much 
I know you attracted a lot of really good, talented, passionate folks to work with you at Parks and Rec, but you really had to build that program up. And and when you started with Parks and Rec to where it is now with all the different, you know, Poorhouse Farm, the Randy Smith Center, all the improvements down at War Memorial Park, did you ever imagine it would look like it does? Well, I'd hoped it would, but I wasn't sure, you know, and I, I didn't think I would live there. There were times I didn't think I'd live to see one rec center, and now we have two, you know, Berkeley 2000 in Martinsburg being the first. And then, of course, the Randy Smith Center is a fabulous facility, too. And uh, I don't know, there's a lot of things, but the Poorhouse Farm is certainly at the top of the list. Uh, we took a piece of property that was in really bad shape, and uh, to turn it into what it means to our community today is just a wonderful thing. During the pandemic over the last two years, it's been one of the busiest places in our community, and it is so because people can go there and social distance and be safe and still enjoy themselves for and, their mental, mental and physical well-being. And you had to talk, um, you know, like you said, some of the, the U.S. representatives, some of our uh, local bodies into helping you uh, with this vision that you had, because all along the road, uh, county taxpayers really didn't want to have to see their property taxes go up. So you always kind of had that in the back of your mind. So a lot of these things had to be self-sustaining. It, it was, and it had to be, and you're right. And uh, it was a difficult situation. But, you know, when we added the Berkeley 2000 Rec Center, our budget didn't increase a nickel that first year. But we made it self-sustaining the very first year we operated it. Uh, the Poor House Farm today is a self-sustained park. Uh, we generate enough revenue, the park system does, to maintain that entire facility uh, year after year. And we've had to do that over the years because of the, uh, the, the restraints in the budget. Uh, one thing I heard for many years was there's, there's no money, there's no money, but, you know, there's, there's, there's starting to be some money there, and there's going to be different sources of revenue that's coming that could really make an impact on the quality of life of Berkeley County. And too many politicians use the term quality of life too loosely. You know, when they're getting running for office, they talk about the quality of life. But then once they're in office, do they really work towards improving our quality of life? And I have a great concern right now with the growth we have. It's overwhelming our infrastructure. And quality of life is more than just parks and rec. It's uh, it's our school system. It's our highways, of course, and our roads. And what a mess it is right now. Uh, it, it's our law enforcement it's our senior citizens, you know, as we get older, our population gets older, seniors are living longer, there's more and more seniors in Berkeley County. We need to create more programming and more sources of leisure opportunities for our seniors and their well-being. Uh, it just stretches out to a lot of things. Uh, the, the, the Sheriff's Department and the law enforcement is overwhelmed and understaffed with the growth. Uh, I have a soft spot for the sheriff's department. My dad was the first two-term sheriff in the history of Berkeley County back in the 1970s when the population was 30-some-thousand people. <laughs> wow. Yeah, probably a little different place back then, huh? I think we're, what, are we at 120,000 like now? Over, over 130. Oh, wow. 134,000 Steve Catlett is with us, longtime uh, director of the Martinsburg, uh, Berkeley County Parks and Rec. Uh, and 45 years into that, he decided mm -hmm. to, to hang that one up. And, and now he's running for county council. What suits you? I, I know you mentioned that you've worked with these bodies before. What suits you in particular to be good at being a, a county council person? 
Well, it's, it's important to understand the community, and I think I have a good feel for the community over the years. I've lived here my entire life. I've worked here my entire life. And I'm really concerned about the quality of life issues, and I think that I have the uh, ability and the contacts with the different bodies that you deal with at that level, whether it's state, federal, uh, even other neighboring counties, uh, to make it work. You know, we should be working together. And if we're going to have any chance at all of slowing this thing down a little bit till our infrastructure can catch up, it has to be a team effort with all the players. And I think I have the ability to work with those people uh, to, to make it happen and uh, and work with the other county council members as well. I mean, we're, uh, we're growing gangbusters. I, I want to say this. Uh-huh. I, I'm retired. I've lived here my whole life. I, I have no personal business on the side. I have no personal interest in anything. If I'm elected, I'm going to be a full-time county council person. And my only objective is going to be, and, and when I make a decision, it's going to have one motivation, and that is what is best for the community and the people that live here, period. So how do you find a how do you find a balance because we're selling properties left and right we've got um, you know industrial uh, entities coming into the to the um, park over at Tabler Station we've got um, you know subdivisions popping up and so how do you put the skids on that or the brakes on that if you feel like you need to uh, to to catch that infrastructure up? Well, I, I don't think we can stop the growth. Obviously, you know we're we're in an area where it's, we're going to grow regardless, but uh, is there any way that we can slow it down a little bit? Uh, and, and not so much the industrial part of it and the business part of it, but the, the residential part of it. You know, we're, we're putting in our roads can't handle the traffic now, and uh, it's a real concern. Um, you know, at the state level, uh, they talk about uh, if they remove the uh, state income tax across the state that within two years' time, over 400,000 people are going to move into West Virginia. Now, do you think they're all going to go to McDowell and Mercer County and Logan County in southern West Virginia? How many of those folks do you think are going to continue to migrate and move here to the eastern panhandle? Um, And I don't think we're prepared to handle the growth that we have now, much less an onslaught like that would create. Uh, so, So we have to... Yeah, we, we've talked about it for a long time. Let's, let's make it better, but but we're not making it better. Our roads are a mess. Uh, there's going to be funding there. The, uh, the, the the infrastructure bill passed by the federal government, there's going to be money coming to West Virginia. So I think there's going to be money available to help our road system and create better uh, transportation opportunities. Yeah, we need more schools uh, they had a school board meeting a few weeks ago, and the gentleman is there giving the uh, update on what the future lies. And they may need two new high schools within the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. But he said the problem you all have in Berkeley County is you don't have the roads to get kids to school. Now, because I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that the growth is a good thing for the area. That's for for sure. And when you say slow things down, you mean you don't mean slow things down to stop. You just mean th- no, slow things down so we can catch up. Not. Just to catch up. Try to Try to catch up, okay? And, and no, it, it's a good thing. There's positive things about it, but at the same time, it's swallowing us up, and our infrastructure is just getting overwhelmed. And, and we need to slow it down to the point where we can catch up. Now, the excuse was there's no funding, but there's going to be some funding there mm-hmm. to do it. And are we going to spend it wisely in the areas where we need it most to make things like this happen to create a better quality of life? You know, when I grew up here 50, 60, 
60 years ago. It was the greatest place in the world to live, you know. And our society was so different. Then. You know, we could wander from our homes at 9, 10 years old, a mile from our house, and your parents didn't have to worry about where you were, if you were safe or not. But the world's not like that anymore. And our kids have to have good quality, safe places to go and spend their leisure time and their activity time. And, and uh, that's important that we create those opportunities. Uh, just think what our community would be like if we didn't have a rec center, much less two. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we didn't have the poorhouse. We need a poorhouse farm in North and South Berkeley County. I've been saying this for 10 years to our county government. We've got to identify funding to set aside 150, 200 acres in North and South Berkeley County, eventually in Back Creek Valley. And then we need to develop some acres that we already have in the hedges we need places for people to go to enjoy it. And if we continue to go at the rate we do and we don't set aside some acreage, there's not going to be any there. They don't make land anymore. And there's only so much of it. And we've got to set aside. I think that, you know, we've got to find a way to the people that are building homes need to contribute more to the infrastructure to put back into the community. We don't have the ability to charge impact fees. Because the state says that you have to have zoning to do that. Well, why does it have to be that way? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't we have impact fees whether we have zoning or not? Um, and, and we've got to figure out ways to fund it. But there's money coming. There's money coming from the property transfer tax that's going to be available. There's money through the Great American Outdoors Act that Senator Manchin and Capito uh, really fought hard to get passed at the federal level, where the state's going to receive over $5 million a year for grants. And Berkeley County should be in a position to apply for a grant every single year that you can use to help our community and make our, our, our community a better place to live. Steve Catlin and, is with us. He is running for Berkeley County Council. What district are you running from? And is this um, one of those situations where you're running in the primary and then if you make it through the primary, you're running against someone else? Or will this be chosen? You know, uh, the way it works is two seats open. Uh, um, uh, President uh, Copenhaver, uh, his seat is up. And then also uh, the seat that was created, uh, Dan Doulye is filling right now when Elaine Malk moved over to the clerk's job and Doulye was put in that seat. That seat has to be voted on as well. So there's two seats open. I was in the Potomac District for many years, and then when they redistrict here recently, and I just didn't find this out. So at that point, there was no one in the Potomac District on the county council, so I was free to run. And I've been thinking about this for several years now. And um, But then I got moved. I did get moved to the Valley District. So I'm in the Valley District now. And that's the district that uh, uh, Doug Copenhaver is from as well. So, um, But there's, there's two seats open. And what happens then, the Republicans, uh, whatever candidates will decide on two two candidates to move move on to the November election and the Democrats, if they have several candidates, well, will send two. And then in November, they'll pick, you know, the community will pick two, two out of the four. We were speaking with long, uh, former longtime Martinsburg, Berkeley County Parks and Rec Director and uh, running for Berkeley County Council, Steve Catlett. Now, we have, unfortunately, we have to get to our last break of the day, but can you let everybody know where they can go to get in touch with him, maybe find out a little bit more, especially with you running for Berkeley County Council? Well, uh, yes, uh, you can just call me at 304-676-2099. We are working on a Facebook page. It's not quite ready yet, but we should have it up soon. And also, uh, if you'd like to contribute to my campaign, then you reach out to uh, Gula Engel, and uh, she can be reached at uh, 267-7529. And 
you know, we uh, we have a committee set up to, for for election and for the campaign, and uh, we hope that uh, that we get the opportunity to uh, you know serve the people of Berkeley County. Yeah, Steve Catlett, thanks for joining us on Panhandle Live today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Take care. And that was uh, former longtime Berkeley County, Berkeley and, uh, well, Martinsburg and Berkeley County Parks and Recreation Director Steve Catlett, who is running for Berkeley County Council, making that uh, known here on Panhandle mm-hmm. this morning, which is always pretty cool. And it's crazy to think that we're already getting back into that time again. Yeah, they're going to come fast Ooh. and furious, these candidates. Um, interviews get ready i know it i'm looking forward to it i kind of like that kind of stuff but stick yeah, around i'm gonna remember you saying that <laughs> stick around we got warrior on panhandle live on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network taking local stories and sharing them with the four state this is panhandle live with hosts jordan nice warner and marcia kavalik Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation, they provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Cavalli. Before the break, we had longtime former Martinsburg Berkeley County Parks and Recreation Director Steve Catlett on to well talk about his time in the Parks and Rec with him retiring at the end of December. So congratulations to him for that. I will never retire, so I have to live vicariously through everyone else. 45 years. Can you imagine no. doing a, a job for 45 years? No. Mm-mm. That was but, quick. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got uh, big news, and that big news is that he's going to be running for Berkeley County Council. So if you missed any of that, you can listen to it a little bit later on today over on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify pages. And we always are talking about sports, at the, it mm-hmm. seems, around here, uh, Marsha. But you have some academic, well, I guess you can call it competitive academic yeah. news. I'm so proud of these guys yeah. and gals. Teams from Berkeley Springs High School and Spring Mills High School took first and second place honors at the second West Virginia Academic Showdown competition at Shepherd University over the weekend. The two teams have qualified for the state championship in Charleston, March 25th. So um, they the press release that was sent out uh, quoted the team captain from Ber- Berkeley Springs High School, Matthew Leisure, saying the validation is overwhelming. It's great to bring, you know, the um, to make Morgan County proud. And um, Spring Mills High School team captain Satchel Crockett. Uh, said it's their first time competing, and to make it to second place is a great opportunity. Um, and the the press release mentioned that Berkeley County Senator Craig Blair championed this academic showdown as a new academic competition for West Virginia high school students to bring teams together from across the state. So I, it's it's a whole cool new yeah. way for you know. Right. It's not just basketball. It's not just soccer. It's the the you know the kids who um, excel maybe in uh, their their classroom pursuits. And you were saying that uh, with maybe Spring Mills a little bit more than others, there seems to be some sort of little academic rivalry with the different schools in the right. county. Yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Just because the new schools got if, the new stuff type of thing. You, if you know, you know. Yeah, the new know. schools got the new stuff. So I get it. I get it, but that is very cool. And I would never have been on any of those yes, academic showdowns. Yes, you would have. You would have been great at trivia. You, <laughs> I am you good at trivia, like history, trivia. You would have nailed that, see, and the sports stuff but, too. Well, I'm good at random knowledge, mm-hmm. like bar trivia knowledge. I got it. Mm-hmm. Actual knowledge, not so much. I, I think this <laughs> may have leaned more toward actual knowledge, but yeah, you know what? So, yeah, it's like when uh, what was the game? Uh, 
is it 24 or the math game? It's got like cards and stuff. It was big in like the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm it was 24 or whatever. They always had huge tournaments for that. And it was this like math game and it was like mm-hmm. real quick, da da da. And I would get into the first round and I would take myself out after the first round. And then that would be it. Everybody I else would be friends. like, oh, we're going to DC for this 24 tournament or 42 tournament. I'm like, oh, cool. My, my first news director here was um, really like his uh, mind, like a steel trap. Like he, he was oh, yeah. so, and, and I know he has participated in those trivia teams, like you were mentioning. And, uh, you know, you always have, like, you've got your experts in a certain field mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I sat in on, I think I was volunteering for a history thing and they had a trivia night regarding history. And I, you know, you guess things in your mind, and I was wrong most of the time. So I probably wouldn't be anyone's, you know, teammate. Oh, yeah, you were. <laughs> we got to get a uh, station. Do you think we'd have trivia a good tri- We'd definitely have a good trivia team if we pulled some people together from we here. We have broad knowledge here. You, yeah. Bob Steele, can you imagine? Oh, I know. From uh, 95.9 The Big Dog. And Rona's I, got all your entertainment and yes. pop culture knowledge mm-hmm. locked in, ready and to go. You, you and um, Parker with the sports ball. <laughs> uh, me and Parker did catch a uh, trivia night not too long ago, and as soon as we walked in, uh, and of course Parker Stone, you can find him. He's the voice of uh, Indians basketball. You can find him over on ninety-two point nine WXDC, uh, and also a color commentator for me during Shepherds. So you can hear him tonight. Um, as soon as we walk into trivia, he looks at me. He goes, "Hey," he stops me. Oh. Right? He goes, "Hey." I got all the sports questions tonight. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Hey, buddy, you go for it," because uh, I'll be going to get his drinks stolen. And, and did he? Yeah, and he did well. He got wow. them all because I told him I just would pass him the paper every mm-hmm. time it comes to sports games. Like, Here and you go, buddy. You know, I'm not we, even going to listen to the question. We also have D, and D could handle like a lot he's of just the, got the all, culture. I think he just has like the umbrella, all the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like he's got a little bit of everything. Right. Oh yeah, he lived over in Asia, so he's got. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even think of that. Maybe we could have pretty good trivia team. I feel like we I'd, I'd be that. the handicapper. Like I'd be like I'd be the one that just ah, uh, you know, not sure. Find a friend. Yeah. <laughs> We might have to. But anyways, if you missed any Panhandle Live today, we got things started with a big guest. U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito joined uh, the show to talk about the Ukraine situation, the Russia and Ukraine thing, which is getting uh, kind of scary over there, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, talking about Biden's first year in office, the filibuster and Senate rules, and then, of course, broadband, trying to broaden the broadband situation here in the state, which I think is a way bigger issue uh, than people think it is right mm-hmm. now uh, yep. the broadband stuff so you missed angles back uh we were talking about uh, berkeley springs and shepherd basketball which of course we have men's and women's shepherd basketball right here on wpm and wcst tonight excuse me starting at uh 5 15 for the women's game at 5 30 the men's will be right after that usually about 7 30 is when those games get started for the men's uh and then of course if you missed it before the break we had former longtime martinsburg berkeley county parks and rec director steve catlin on talking about the parks and rec throughout his years his retirement and then uh, running for berkeley county council and i'll tell you what he was talking about poorhouse farm mm-hmm. i was there when because i've moved down here last spring right i was there all the time take the dog out there sure. i take a bike i'd bike out around there up over the mountain and back down that is such a great park such it a is. great park Soccer and then, fields, Ber- weddings. Yeah. And at Berkeley 2000, I've played a million games, it seems like, mm-hmm. in my youth over there. Was that my nephew? He had his first basketball game over the weekend ever uh, wow. at Berkeley 2000. And I forgot how funny youth basketball is, especially at that age, because they just dribble once, pick it up, run. Dribble once, pick it up, run. Dribble once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Double dribbles all over the place. So I was. Were you calling it about. in your head? I was. Well, I was going to go up to the referees after the game or during halftime and be like, hey, 
start calling some fouls here. People are, you know, no, I'm kidding. That's a good way to get recruited to volunteer to be an official. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you, run the, the risk. It's a good way for all the people in the gym to be like, who is this guy? You get, and, get thrown out of the peewee basketball game. That's not a proud cool. moment. Not a but good look. Cool. No, no, no. But it was fun. It was fun. Youth sports are always interesting. And he played well. He got a, my nephew got a, he scored a bucket and oh, played good nice. defense. And then my littlest nephew, uh, he had his first soccer game over the weekend. And uh, they, with COVID rules, it can only be the parents that are there. Uh-huh. But uh, apparently, and I wasn't in the FaceTime call, which I know my sister's listening. I'm a little upset that I wasn't put in uh, on that FaceTime call. But uh, as soon as she was calling my parents to show her or to show them uh, my littlest nephew playing, he scores a goal. <gasps> and then apparently he did some crazy celebration dance that everybody was <laughs> laughing about for hours and hours afterwards. So oh, Awesome. Indoor? Yeah. Indoor. I hope indoor. Yeah, indoor. But I think that does it for us here on Panhandle Live today. So for Mark Schabellick, I'm Jordan Ice Warner. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow.